Good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to our Sunday morning worship service here at Highkirk. And we'd also like to welcome those listening by telephone and those watching online. Uh, few regular intimations, Girls of Brigade on Wednesday at 6 in the church hall and the Guild meet this week on Thursday at 1.30, also in the hall. Uh, a wee reminder to the Kirk session, there's a meeting on Tuesday at 7pm, again in the church hall, and the presbytery will be there to discuss uh, the way things are going for the future. Uh, Gift Sunday, there's a wee note there about Gift Sunday. Uh, so next weekend is Gift Sunday, so if you have anything you'd like to uh, donate, if you want to like put it over uh, at the front pews here beside where Ross sits, um, and different from last year, if you could possibly wrap the gifts this year and put a wee note on just indicating uh, roughly the age and uh, it would be for. Uh, and again, a wee note about um, Rain Edge International. Uh, Kenya says in the uh, order of service, but I'm reliably informed by my son and daughter-in-law that it's Kenya that it's now pronounced. Must be an age thing, I think. Uh, but that's for Sammy's school. So there will be a box going out uh, in the next, uh, after Gift Sunday, uh, so that we can do a collection in place of our sponsored walks. And also the Christmas Eve collection will also go, go there. Uh, finally, before I hand over to Scott, we've got congratulations to give this week to Ross on becoming a, a grandparent. So congratulations, Ross. He does assure us that he will get off of cloud nine fairly soon. Well, thanks so much, Billy, for leading us there. Well, we're going to worship together. As we sing in this well-known hymn, it's also a carol as well. It's often been sung as a carol. And so we're going to stand to sing, Tell Out My Soul, The Greatness of the Lord. Thank you. 
Well, we join our hearts together as we unite in prayer. So let's pray. O our glorious and heavenly Father, we come this day to the place of prayer, to the place of praise, to the place of joy, and to the place of eternal love. And Lord, as we enter into your sanctuary here this morning, Lord, we praise you that although we may be filled with fear and worry and anxiety and regrets and disappointments, Lord, we may also be here filled with joy unspeakable, full of glory. But Lord, however we feel this morning, whatever we're going through, We thank you that you are our faithful God and you are our loving God. And Lord, it's the perfect love of Jesus that casts out all fear, all worry. Lord, I pray this morning that each one of us would experience such love in Christ. Lord, as we celebrate through this Advent season, Yes, we celebrate that Jesus came. He was born for us. He lived and died for us. He was raised for us. He ascended on high for us. And yes, Lord, we celebrate that very fact. But Lord, we also celebrate that Jesus is coming again. He's coming for his bride and her bride will be prepared on that day to meet her husband, her beloved, the Lord Jesus. And Lord, we just look forward to that day when you would come. And so, Lord, help us to live for your glory. Help us to live out the gospel. And Lord, help us to experience the passion of the gospel. For Lord, this is good news. It's good news for Jesus, our Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus who came, God in human flesh. Lord, what good news that you came to save us all from our sins. You came to redeem us. You came to purchase us for yourself. Lord, that's good news. And so, Lord, today we celebrate Christ, our glorious King. And so, Lord, as we worship this morning, I ask that you would just fill each heart, oh, with power from on high. Grant us, Lord, such an abounding measure of your Spirit to fill us, to overflowing. Lord, fill this sanctuary that we may know peace and a peace that goes beyond our understanding, that peace in Christ. And so, Lord, hear our heart's prayers, all the longings and the desires of our own prayers. O Lord, hear us as we do pray in Jesus' precious name and we do give thanks to him as he taught his disciples to pray praying together. Our Father, 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And so we're going to read in Matthew chapter 1 from the very beginning of the chapter through to verse 17. And of course this is the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David. A record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, Judah the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar, Perez the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Aminadab, Aminadab the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife, Solomon the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam the father of Abijah, Abijah the father of Asa, Asa the father of Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat the father of Jehoram, Jehoram the father of Uzziah, Uzziah the father of Jotham, Jotham the father of Ahaz, Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, Manasseh the father of Ammon, Ammon the father of Josiah, and Josiah the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel the father of Abiud, Abiud the father of Eliakim, Eliakim the father of Azor, Azor the father of Zadok, Zadok the father of Akim, Akim the father of Eliud, Eliud the father of Eleazar, Eleazar the father of Mahan, Mahan the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Thus there were fourteen generations in all, from Abraham to David, fourteen from David to the exile to Babylon, and fourteen from the exile to the Christ. Amen. And may the Lord bless us the reading of his precious word. Amen. Well, I would like us to return to Matthew's Gospel there in chapter 1. Well, it is interesting that the last book of the traditional Hebrew Bible ends with the book of Chronicles. I know in our English translations it ends with Malachi, but in the Hebrew tradition... It was always Chronicles, and Chronicles wasn't broken up into First Chronicles and Second Chronicles. It was one book, recording there Israel's great history. The first nine chapters of Chronicles also has endless lists of genealogy. 
But you know, as Chronicles closes the Old Testament for Jewish believers, lots of questions are unanswered. What about God's promises? He promised there would be a Messiah, a King. Remember our reflections through the book of Ruth? That was the very question they had early on through the days of the judges. What about God's promise? What about the coming king? And we now come to the close of the Old Testament and the same question is there again. And so, here, those unanswered questions. What about our king? What about God's promise to Abraham that he was going to bless He was going to create a great nation and a seed would come from that great nation and he would be a blessing to all nations. What about Abraham's promise? What about the promise to David of an everlasting kingdom? Just as an aside, it's interesting if you look through the list of the kings, you come to King Jeconiah and we're told, when you read the story behind Jeconiah, the king, we're told that no one would ever reign on his throne again. There'd be no kings after Jeconiah to reign on the throne of David. And so, how (laughs) is all these unanswered questions? What about the land? God had promised us a land flowing with milk and honey. He gave us a promised land. Here we are now under Roman occupation. They're the bosses. We don't have a land of our own. And what about the seed? The seed royal. If Jeconiah is to have no one after him to reign on the throne, how is God going to bring his king, his messianic king? And isn't it so interesting that when you get to the very end, there in that genealogy, if you have a wee look there, It says that, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus Christ. It doesn't say Joseph was the father of Jesus. It doesn't say that. It says Joseph was the husband of Mary. And through them, through Mary, came Jesus. That's why there can be a king who will reign on the throne of David. God brought about a miraculous virgin birth. Yes, I believe in the virgin birth. I believe without the virgin birth, Jesus cannot be the Messiah. He can't be the king promised of old. We need the virgin birth. And I know there are many theologians, especially in this last century, who want to argue and argue and argue that it's ridiculous and it makes no sense that you can still believe the Bible, but you can miss out on a literal resurrection and a virgin birth and all these things. But the Bible itself tells us that without this miraculous birth, A king, an eternal king, could not come in the line of David, who could not reign on the throne. 
But hallelujah. <laughs> oh, God brought about a miracle. His only begotten Son, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, God the Father, brought about his Son. And brought him in human flesh. The Holy Spirit hovering over Mary, producing the God-man, Jesus, our wonderful Saviour, fully God and fully human. And so here God answers all the questions of the ages. And Matthew in his Gospel now invites us to celebrate with him and what he's discovered. And he wants to reveal to us Christ, who he is. And where he came from. Because every Jew would ask that question. If you want to really know someone, you have to ask them, well, who are you? And where did you come from? I remember um, when I was learning Gaelic, the, uh, the Gaelic language, and in our conversational classes, we were told that if you really want to get going in a good conversation, remember these two questions. Always ask these two questions. Chain ten of my horst. And coas a how. And I was told that if I asked these questions, that would keep me going for a good while. And I would get to know the person really well. Jane ten of my horst means, what's your name? Coas a how. Where do you come from? And in conversational Gaelic, and I'm sure it's the same in many languages if you're learning a language, these two questions often open a heart where you really get to know someone. And so Matthew, here in his gospel, is asking these two questions. Who is he? Who is he? And where did he come from? And if you notice, all through the gospels, not just Matthew actually, you hear the question, who are you? Who is this that even the waves obey him? Who is this who forgives sins? Is not this the carpenter's son? Tell us who you are. And of course, as we come to the end of Matthew, you'll also hear the question. So are you the king of the Jews? And so Matthew declares. Like John's Gospel, you know in John's Gospel, we often find the reason for his writing is at the end of the Gospel. And in a similar way, Matthew writes in the same fashion. He tells us at the end there, Jesus is the King. He's the King of the Jews. But not just the King of the Jews. He is the Messianic King. He is the Son of Abraham and he is the Son of David. He fulfills the promises of Abraham. Yes, the seed has come. The royal seed. The sacrificial son of Abraham. It's Jesus. And that royal king who will come to establish the kingdom forever and ever. Oh, he's come. The messianic king is here. He's Jesus. And he is the king. The king of the Jews. But also, he is going to be the king of of all nations. He's going to be a blessing to all nations, Jews and Gentiles. Now when Matthew writes his gospel, 
He has a Jewish audience in mind. Most of the people he's writing to are Jewish. But he wants to remind them again and again. Don't forget. This is good news to the house of Israel. To the Jew first. But oh, this is good, good news to the Gentiles. The king did not come. Jesus, our eternal king of kings and lord of lords, didn't just come. He didn't come to rout out the Romans and to purify the land of Israel from Gentiles. No. He is the king, yes, of the Jews, but he is the king for the Gentiles too. Jesus came for sinners, for Gentiles, for dogs. And he came for the householders of Israel. And so here, Matthew, oh, he's so excited. He tells us, therefore, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything about Christ, the Messianic King, the coming King. And you'll notice right through Matthew's Gospel, and as we journey next year as well into the new year, as we go with Matthew, we're going to see this time and time again, that Jesus came not just for the Jews, but for us. Jesus is the saviour of mankind. And that's the good news. He came to save not the righteous, not the people who would say, oh, I'm good enough, I don't need to be saved from sin. I don't sin. I'm perfect. Jesus didn't come for them. Those who need no need of a doctor. Jesus said, I haven't come for them. I've come for those who have sinned. Those who have fallen short of the glory of God. Those who have missed the mark. I have come to those who need healing. Those who know they've messed up. I've come for the prostitutes, the drunkards. I've come for the churchgoers. I've come for those, the whosoever. Whoever receives me, I will in no wise cast out. Oh, those who come to me, they will come and they will know life and they will know life in all its fullness. Oh, you'll know life when you know Christ. And Jesus said, I have come. For you, for the whosoever. doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile. And so Matthew is going to remind his Jewish audience of this very truth. Therefore, because of this good news and because of Jesus, who he is and where he came from, therefore, go with this gospel. We're not to come each Sunday just to hear the gospel. We're to be doers of it. We're to live it out. We're to show the world good news. And you know, sadly, sometimes the church isn't very good at telling the world the good news. We're maybe good at telling them bad news. We're maybe good at pointing out and telling people their sins and showing where they've really messed up and how sinful the world is. And yes, the world is sinful. We all are sinful. And the genealogy of Jesus reminds us of how sinful human nature is. But that's not the good news. (laughs) Matthew tells us, 
But, oh, we have a Saviour who came to deliver us from our sins. We have a Saviour who will forgive us all our sins, past, present, and, surprise, surprise, future. Jesus forgives us for our future sins when we trust him and when we desire to live for him. Our sins are forgiven. What good news. He has shown such mercy, such compassion, such kindness, such amazing grace. And again, that's what you'll see in the genealogy of Jesus is the amazing grace of God. Because when you go through this list of names, some of them you may already be thinking, oh, she's a prostitute. <laughs> she's a Gentile. Notice how I said she. There are four women mentioned here as well. And they have colourful backgrounds. One, of course, we know already. Lovely Ruth. We've just finished our study in the book of Ruth and I believe it's timed well as we now look again in this genealogy, the genealogy of God's grace towards sinners. Now, as, we, as Matthew declares the king, notice how he introduces Jesus, Jesus the, the Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And then the genealogy is broken up into three sections. You have the first 14 generations, the patriarchs, which is before the monarchy. So you have these generations before the monarchy. Then notice the middle section is the 14 generations during the monarchy. And then the last section, and most of the names are unknown. Many of us are probably scratching our heads. I, I never knew them. I, I know Zerubbabel, and, but maybe there's some others I, I've never heard of. Well, these are the monarchy after the exile there into Babylon. You'll also notice that Matthew is writing the genealogy. It's not... These 14 generations, if you were to study the history of Israel, you'll notice that some names are missing. Now, this is not because Matthew didn't know the names. He knew the names. He would have encouraged his readers, go to the temple records in Jerusalem and you'll read the full account. But here Matthew gives us a genealogy that's helpful to remember. He breaks them so easily for us that we can remember these 14, 14 and 14. Of course, broken up into two sevens. Seven, 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 seven. And of course, you're waiting for another seven, aren't you? which would make up that great <clears throat> Shabbat Shalom, that great rest. And of course, some scholars believe that, yes, that's what Matthew's maybe hinting at too, where you see these sevens making up 42 months. And then we come into the last period, that last seven. And of course, maybe Matthew is hinting that Jesus is that Shabbat Shalom. He's our rest. Christ has come. And we can now have our eternal rest in Christ, our King, our Messianic King, the Son of Abraham and the Son of David. Jesus, the Anointed One.
Well, here, can we ask the question, so who is he? And Matthew asks the question, so join me. Who is he? He is Jesus the Christ. Now, don't take Jesus' name here as the way we do. His first name is not Jesus, and then Christ is his surname. It's Jesus the Christ. And in fact, Jesus' name, that's the Greek. We, we often use the Greek translation. Jesus, Jesus. But that's taken from, it's, it's trying to translate the Hebrew name. And the Hebrew name of Jesus is Joshua. Joshua. Jesus' name is actually Joshua. His Hebrew name. And many who knew Jesus well would have known him as Joshua. Joshua. And here, he is also the Christ. Mashiach. Or Christos. The, the anointed. He is the anointed one. Christ is his title. He's the anointed one. He's the Messiah. That's where we get the name Messiah. And they all expected, uh, at the time of Jesus, this term now, the Messiah, they expected him to be a king. A messianic king. They were expecting the Lord's anointed the one who will come to reign on the throne of David and the one who would be the son of Abraham. Remember how Abraham offered up his son Isaac and God said, no, God has provided a lamb. He has provided a sacrifice. And there, that was pointing, of course, to Jesus is Abraham's sacrificial son. Jesus, Joshua, the Christ, the anointed one. Yes, he is the son of Abraham. His name, Yeshua, means Jehovah saves. Or the Lord is salvation. God saves. And that's why in Matthew chapter 2 we'll read how his name shall be Jesus. For he shall save them from their sins. Of course, bringing us to Yeshua, our saviour. Remember Joshua in the Old Testament? We're told that he was a man of a different spirit. He was different to the others who were in the land. Joshua was a man who had the spirit of God upon him. He was anointed and appointed the leader of Israel as they went into the promised land. And so Joshua was the one who led them in. He led them into the promises. He led them out of all their wanderings in the wilderness. And even in the wilderness, there was Joshua leading them by the presence of God as God would come as a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire by night. God, Emmanuel, God was with them. And there Joshua led them. When the cloud left, Joshua would go. And so through Joshua, through Joshua, Israel were redeemed. They were saved. They were delivered. Jesus did not come 
to cleanse the land of Israel of all Gentiles and to get rid of the Roman occupation. That was not the reason Jesus came. He came like Joshua, Yeshua of old, to lead his people out into a promised land, into a land that the Hebrew writer tells us is the rest. He's promised to bring us into the promised rest, into a place to be with God, to live with him eternally, God with us. In Revelation, we're told that God at the end of time, he is going to make his dwelling with his people. He's going to create a whole new heavens, a new earth. Everything is going to be made brand new. God is going to bring about a new creation. Oh. And Jesus, Yeshua, is going to lead us. He's coming again for us. He's going to take his people to himself and we shall live for all eternity with him. We will worship the Lamb upon the throne. Oh, we will know the joy of heaven. We'll know the joy of angels. We'll know the joy of saints who have gone before us. You're going to see dear friends who once worshipped with you here and maybe for those who have worshipped in other churches and in other places. There are people already, I'm sure, who are on your mind who you can't wait to see again who are already in the glory, but oh, what a day when we come to worship again in such joy, in such grace. Oh, and so here Jesus came. He is the appointed, the anointed leader. He is Jehovah who saves. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And we don't need to go around in circles wondering, how do I get to heaven? How do I make it? How, do, oh, how will I ever get there? Am I good enough? Am I, oh, have I done enough? When you put your trust in Yeshua, when you put your trust in Jesus the Christ, the anointed one, we're told that he is the way, the truth, and the life. When you receive Christ, you're found. You're not lost anymore. You don't need to worry, have I done enough? How do I know the way? When you have Christ, you already have the way. You have the truth and you have the life. You have a, that glorious life that's to come. Eternal life. And so, Jesus the Christ Matthew tells us he's here. Look at the genealogy. He's come. He's also the son of David. So what about God's promise to David? In 2 Samuel, you'll read there, when your days are fulfilled, you lie down with your fathers. I will raise up your offspring after you. You shall come from your body. Sorry, who shall, who shall come from your body and I will establish his kingdom? He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. And in verse 16, and your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. That's what David was promised by God. Your kingdom will be established forever. 
after David, after David came Solomon, the kingdom did not last forever. Solomon, after Solomon, we know the kingdom, the kingdom divided. Israel then became the north, and Judah became the south. And then, in its history, go through the history, and you'll notice that Israel in the north were absolutely crushed by Assyria, swept away, while Judah then was taken captive into Babylon. So much for God's promise that the kingdom would last forever. I've already mentioned about Jeconiah. What about the anointed one? What about the anointed, the Christ, the Messiah who's to come, Yeshua, who will save his people from their sins, who will deliver and lead his people? Where is he? Who is he? Look at the kingdom now. Here they are coming, as I mentioned, at the close of the Old Testament. Where is he? Where's the king now? Matthew now tells us, yes, David's kingdom failed. Solomon's kingdom failed. Go through all the lists in the genealogy. Their kingdoms failed and crumbled. But oh, hallelujah. Matthew tells us, the son of David is here. The true king of Israel has come. Here's his lineage. Go and check the temple records and I'll and prove me wrong here. Matthew, oh, he's so articulate with this genealogy. He is, yes, Jesus the Christ, and he is the son of David. And of course, he is the son of Abraham. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. Now Paul explains in Galatians chapter 3 at verse 16, the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. The scripture does not say, and to seeds, meaning many people, but and to your seed, meaning one person, who is Christ. Who is that promised seed? Who is the sacrificial son of Abraham? Who is the one who is going to be a blessing to all nations? Of course, <laughs> it's Jesus. When you put your trust in him, he is the king of kings and lord of lords. What a genealogy. And I don't want us to forget, though. Remember these four women? Just in closing, don't forget these women. Tamar. Who was Tamar? Well, she was the one who, in Genesis 38, she played the harlot with Judah. And the children that she gave birth to, of course, became the genealogy of Jesus. Tamar, many scholars believe that Tamar was actually a Canaanite who married into Israel. And then you notice Rahab, there in Jericho, a Canaanite woman who was a prostitute. 
We're told that she also married into Israel. And of course, we know her son, Rahab and Solomon, when they married, oh, it must have been a struggle for Rahab. She was a Gentile from Jericho, a Canaanite. She had been with many men. Could she trust again? And then she meets Solomon. And they give birth to Boaz. Remember the great Redeemer. Ruth's Redeemer. Another Canaanite. And then, of course, we know Ruth, who was a Moabite. She wasn't Jewish, like Rahab. And then, of course, we have an unnamed woman. We're told that she was the wife of the Hittite, Uriah. But, of course, we know who the wife of Uriah was. It was Bathsheba, who David had adultery with. And so she's known as the wife of the Hittite. Again, here the writer is giving a hint of the Gentile mission that's ahead for God's people. Jesus is the Savior. He's the son of Abraham, the son of David. He is Christ, the Messiah. But not just for the Jews, but for all of us. He is our Savior. Don't, and Matthew tells us, and don't reject him. Receive him. Receive him into your heart. Don't just believe in the genealogy. Don't just come away today saying, oh, I'm convinced then. Look at that family line. That's a miracle. <laughs> We're not, Matthew isn't saying, look, I want to convince you. No, he wants you to receive. Just like John's gospel, that you will receive him and find life in his name. Matthew writes the same. Oh, that whether you're Jew or Gentile, that you would receive Yeshua, your Messiah, and that you will find life in his name. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for being in our presence this morning. We thank you for your unending and constant love. We thank you for sending the Lord Jesus to die on that cross for us. Forgive us that we let you down so often and we ask you to fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray that, that this new strain of coronavirus will be controlled and that the proper procedures will be put into place. We pray too that the vaccinations will still be effective against it. We pray this morning for our friends and family who are unwell at this time. We pray for their healing and that you will draw close to them. And we pray too for all our friends listening in from home. We ask you to bless each one of them. Lord, we pray for Sammy and the work he does for you in Kenya. We pray that you will continue to bless all that he does for others in your name. We pray that you will use the gifts that we give to them to extend that work that he does and to win souls for you. 
And similarly, Lord, we pray for the families who benefit from Gift Sunday, that you will bless them and pour your love out to them, and may you give them your joy. We pray for the meetings that are taking place this week, for the leaders of the Guild's Brigade and the Guild as they serve you, and we ask you to bless all who attend. We ask for a blessing in our church leaders as we meet on Tuesday. Help us to be open to your leading at this testing time. And we thank you again for the opportunity to bring our tithes and offerings. And we ask you to bless them and use them for the extension of your kingdom. Lord, all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to keep our seats once again as we sing in our hymn, Speak, O Lord, as we come to you. So may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and 
the love of God our Father and the fellowship, comfort and power of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. Amen.